to be a reflector, I feel like is one of the most difficult things in the world because I'm at the grocery store or I'm picking up my kid and someone will stand next to me. And within an instant, if I don't have my boundaries, I know everything. They're crying with me. This happened to me today. I've never told anybody this before. The most hurt, like the thing I hear the most is I've never told anybody this before. Welcome to the Jacqueline Shaw Show. This is a space where we go deep, deep within, deep within where you access the sacred wisdom within you, where my truth and the truth of the women I bring on this podcast create a remembrance within you, within your soul, within your energetic field. Here, we don't look outward, we go inward because in my world, it's always about taking you deeper in, in where your truth lives, in where your power resides, in where your soul knows. Welcome and get ready to go to the depth with me. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Jacqueline Shaw Show. I am beyond excited for this conversation. (laughs) This woman that I have here with me today, I feel like this conversation has been, we've been discussing this for a couple of years, two years now, <laughs> two years now. So to actually like be here and recording with you feels so good. I know a lot of my audience already knows who you are because they've listened to a few episodes of your podcast, The Deep. Today, I have Zoe Marshall with me. Zoe is the creator and the host of The Deep, which is a international award winning podcast. It is a podcast that I have been on and shared my story. And I'm so, I mean, I just want to dive straight in with you. And I want to start with this, like, I mean, the deep, the deep is where you share so many people's stories. And Mm -hmm. can you tell me the why behind this? Like, let's just go straight and like, what's the why behind the storytelling for you? What's the why behind using your platform to share other people's stories? Yeah, I think that, you know, we look at what is the meaning or the purpose for us being here. Like, why am I alive? I feel like that is to connect others. And I have this deep fascination and curiosity of people, often the ones that are misunderstood and judged and ridiculed and outcast. And I wanted to be able to connect others that are living maybe, you know, in ignorant bliss to what others are actually dealing with, Um, what those amongst us, you know, that walk amongst us are living, um, challenged with, and also challenge perspectives of, oh, wow, that could have been me, really. And I truly believe that like six or seven circumstances takes us away from anybody's uh, life, you know, and that could be sex work or drug addiction. And people could be listening to this right now and be like, fuck, no, I would never do that. But I'm telling you, if a whole lot of circumstances changed in your life and desperation is involved and survival is involved, we would do almost anything. Mm. That's the why. (laughs) 
That's the why. Well, I feel like, I mean, one of the reasons I was so excited to have this conversation with you as well. I mean, you said your fascination with storytelling and I was going to say like, you know, I feel like I have this obsession with storytelling. Like I like the word fascination, but um, I feel like I have this obsession with storytelling with in like how I share my experiences, how I work with my clients, you know, so often what I have clients say, say to me is like, Oh, when you share your story, when you share this piece, like this code drops in for me, this thing, like I I connect with you. And not only is it like, I feel like storytelling is this point of connection for people, but I really feel like even if the story is completely different than our own story, I feel like so oftentimes it's like, I can see a piece of myself in Mm -hmm. someone else's journey. I can put myself in that, like, Oh yeah. Like even if the circumstances are completely different, there's this like, there's some, some thread of like, I get it. I feel it. Mm-hmm. I spoke to this beautiful trans woman who was ridiculed in the media because they sometimes dressed and acted as a little girl. So Um, This person was, I think, mid-60s male when they transitioned. And a part of their trauma and healing was kind of um, childlike play and and dressing up like a child. And it was all over the Daily Mail that this, you know, man left his wife and seven children to be a little girl. And it was so misunderstood and, and misrepresented that I spoke to them and really that was such a small part of their experience. But really what I learned was, oh my gosh, I can see the absolute healing if we went and like just reveled in childhood play or wanted someone to like tuck us in and put us to bed and, you know, rub our head and say, everything's going to be okay. Like I really understood why regression is there. And I think that I can resonate with what you're saying is it doesn't matter who it is or what their story is. It's like, oh, there's a human part of us that goes, oh, I would love to be taken care of. And maybe I don't dress up and play like a little girl, but I get that. I get what that looks like to be free of every care in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I, oh my gosh, I, you know, obviously as you're talking here, I think back to the podcast episodes that my husband and I recorded with you. And for those who don't know, um, my husband and I both recorded podcasts with Zoe called The Betrayed and The Betrayer. And Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what I often heard so much too. It's like, I haven't been in that experience that you have, but within you sharing that, like, I, I, I felt this, I was like, oh, I, I, you know what I mean? Like there, there was just so many threads in that story that I find people all the time that they're like, okay, I don't have any resonance of that specific situation, but Mm -hmm. the things like the thoughts that you had, the things that you were experiencing like that, I can, I can connect with. And it was so wild because there has never and to date been such outrage with an episode as there is with the one I did with your husband. There, women were fucking pissed. Like, oh, and they were so mad that I gave him a platform. And I was like, this is why I gave him a platform because you're so triggered and so challenged and so mad about it. And you're so in your defense of how women should be treated. You need to hear this. 
You need, this isn't supposed to be comfortable. If you're feeling really strong feelings, it's probably meaning something. And so I really loved your episodes. I mean, yours is such a almost Hollywood (laughs) blockbuster dramedy of it's just wild. And then to have your husband on and be able to sit with him in in really uncomfortable places and see his point of view was such a treat for me. You know, like you don't really, you really get the opportunity to hear the perpetrator's side. And that was really special. Oh my gosh. Well, as you say that too, like the, the Hollywood blockbuster, I remember feeling too, I'm like, oh, like it's not about like the drama. And I mean, we had such a beautiful conversation, but there was so many points of like drama in this And it was unbelievable. It was almost like, and then you stole his phone in his car and you drove and you're pregnant. And it was just like, it was so riveting and wild. It was wild and it was your life. But also I think that most of us listening to that story could go, oof, it's crazy making behavior that you were put in. So you start behaving crazy and we're all, we can all do that. It's like, you know, when you're just a little bit pissed off and someone's like, relax, calm down. You're acting crazy. Like you want me to fucking act crazy. Like it's that kind of ball, you know, that snowball effect. I think every woman, and I'm sure a lot of men could really resonate. Well, this is interesting that, I mean, this is the way the conversation is coming through because there was a question I wanted to ask you, but then, I mean, that kind of shocks me a little bit. Like when you say like, this is the episode that, that was like, has the most outrage. I mean, I, knew it was going to, (laughs) I knew it was going to after, you know, the episode that I recorded with you was aired first. And then there was some, you know, there, there was some hate mail coming my way. Was there? Why? Oh yeah. yeah. I'll I'll share with you in a second, but I remember saying saying to my husband, I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure that you want this to go out next week? Cause like, you know, um, oh my gosh. Like I got messages from women saying, like I was a disgrace to womanhood that I was a doormat that like, how can I lead women in what I do in my, in my work after, you know, continuing in a marriage with someone who had an affair, like, yeah, there was a lot. I mean, there was a lot and there was a lot, I feel like publicly. And I think that's like, you know, normal. The reason why it didn't surprise me is because I truly feel like there's very few people in this world that have not been impacted by infidelity in some way, whether it's like been in their own relationship, a past relationship, a parent, a sibling, a friend, do you know what I mean? So I was like, oh yeah, a lot of people are going to have a lot come up around this. But at the same time, like you have a lot, like you go into a lot of stuff on your podcast. So for this to be the one with the biggest outrage, that surprises me a bit. But what I wanted to ask you was like, do you get a lot of this like love, hate in your inbox? And how do you deal with that because there was again like and, and and even on like the threads you know there was like the hate in both of our episodes and the the public hate and I received some of these messages like I said and then I still to this day receive private messages in my inbox of women thanking Ew. me oh thinking like okay, literally- great. Oh, I was like, okay, good. I was like, they're still going. No, the opposite, the opposite. So it's like the, the, the hate came out in a fury and then stopped, but then still to this day, two years later, I get messages of like, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Like, this is how you've helped me. And then these are like pair, like, you know, these are long messages where it's like people telling me their stories. And, and so like, I'm always like, that's who I do it for. 
it makes sense to me why it was the most outrageous. That's the wrong word. It created the most hate, not necessarily yours. I've seen kind of, you know, like low level backlash with lots of eps, but with your husband's episode. And I think that is because of what you just said, which is it's so common. So these people and this outrage is something that is hitting home to them. And you have done something which is overcome and forgive, which is so hard for so many people to swallow and reflect on and be like, fuck, well, maybe I could have had that if I worked through it or it's too challenging. I think the commonness of your situation is the thing that made it so powerful for so many people. I think that's what it was. Mm. Cause we have lots of people. We had this um, episode of this wife whose husband was a meth addict and there were many, many, and I'm like talking almost hundreds of women saying, Oh my God, that's my life. That's my life. That's my life. But the people that were listening weren't saying, how dare you talk about someone that's a meth addict, it was just like, oh, that's really sad for them. It's kind of like detached or it's not detached when you're talking about infidelity because it's someone's Mm. mother or cousin or brother or it's them or they've done it. It's too close. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know that because I actually had a lot of people in my life at the time that they were like, oh my gosh, like it was such a shocking thing that, you know, that Craig chose that, that then Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, like what, like, could like, could that happen in my relationship? Of course it can. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The mix of the instability of mental health and, you know, like we said, certain circumstances, everyone is, you know, available to do lots of different things. It's, Mm. that's what's life is so scary is because you can't control people and you can't control circumstances. Yeah. Can't control life. Yeah. I mean, truly, truly, I feel like mm-hmm. we've all really recognized this in the past few years. Like we cannot control right life. So how do you, like, how do you handle it? How, like, how do you handle it when there's the, you know, how could you give this man a platform when there's, you know, I'm sure with yeah. a lot of the episodes that you guess you bring on and the topics you talk about, yeah. like, I, I, I can only imagine that there's some uncomfortable or unpleasant sure. messages in your inbox. There was, so I don't handle that inbox anymore because it's a bit too close to me. I'll be alerted on things or if we need to turn off comments and and things like that. The show has gotten a bit big for me to manage by myself. I also can't hold as much trauma that comes in all the time every day from all angles in the DMs. So I have someone that manages that for me. I think the one other time was really concerning for me was did an episode and a listener was outraged that I had this guest on. I won't mention it because I don't want them to get react. I don't want them to be active again, but they were so so outraged, so outraged that I think I had two hours off my phone with my son. And when I got back on, it was just like blowing up so intensely that she had like an army of trolls that were then on the back of her. It was like this 
domino effect. And really she wanted me to take this episode down and I don't do, you don't tell me how to run my business and what to do. And her situation or experience with this person was hearsay. And I didn't know the truth. All I could do was turn off the comments. I did respond to her directly and say, I wish that we could have had a mature conversation. You know, I really love to be able to hold space for people and hear them. She didn't want that though. She just wanted to be mad. And so I just blocked, deleted, um, disarmed comments and yeah, it takes it out of you, doesn't it? It like gets you into fight or flight. It gets your adrenals going. I often need to take like a quarter of a sleeping tablet that night. (laughs) It's just like, I can't operate from that place. And I think creating this work, I have to have really strong boundaries now. And I've gotten really good at that. I am burning out a little bit, I guess, with how much trauma I can deal with every week. I want a bit of fun now, <laughs> I want a bit of lightness. Like I can't watch the mainstream news. I can't watch certain documentaries because I'm at my limit with holding space for people and their traumas. You know what I mean? One thousand percent. And I feel like, yeah, yeah, the the episodes, you know, the the topics again that you go into are, I mean, they're so deep, like the deep, they are (laughs) so deep. And so even, you know, I, I totally understand this. It's like, Hey, well, I'm not the one who's like receiving those messages anymore. And so not even from like how you hold it personally, but it's like, you, you know, that some of those messages are still existing. Like, again, maybe it's like the why behind this, like the why to, to keep going the why of Mm -hmm. like sharing these episodes. Like I said, for like, in my experience, people ask me like why I share it's like, Mm -hmm. I share for the the messages that I, yeah. Right. The messages I still receive in the inbox today that are like, yeah, I think what happens is, and what I'm hearing you say is like, what's the point when it's so hard? The thing is I have heard, and it feels very um, egotistical me saying this, and it feels very uncomfortable me saying this because I almost don't believe it, but I've had many people in real life and online say, you changed my life. You changed the way I see the world. You have challenged the way of my upbringing or my religion or my culture. I have more empathy now. I can have better conversations. I can be a better friend. I can listen better, all of these things. And then I think it is the work that has to be done. It has to be done if I don't do it. And I know there's other great, incredible interviewers out there, but I feel like the difference between that or them and me is this connection where I really can be with you and I guess that's where the vicarious trauma comes on board because there's not a professionalism within me where I hold back. I'm crying with you. I'm with, I'm shocked with you. Like I am the listener currently with you. I'm not kind of just this reporter that is really well versed with having a guard up or a doctor or a surgeon, you know, when they're keep it separate. I'm not separate. So I think that's the point of differences and why people feel everything so deeply, pardon the pun, is because I am with them in it. Mm -hmm. But that does take a toll. Yeah. And as you're speaking here too, like, I mean, obviously you and I have had this conversation, so I know this about you, like, and, and like, here's your reflector, like you're a reflector in your human (laughs) design as well. So it's like, you really feel what people feel, you know, you're, yeah. But it's also like, 
And I thank you for bringing that up because most people that listen to your show will understand what a reflector is. I'm actually doing a human design episode next week, but to be a reflector, I feel like is one of the most difficult things in the world because I'm at the grocery store or I'm picking up my kid and someone will stand next to me. And within an instant, if I don't have my boundaries, I know everything. They're crying with me. This happened to me today. I've never told anybody this before. The most hurt, like the thing I hear the most is I've never told anybody this before. Mm. And so I believe it. I believe it. My energy is that, and I love that people feel so safe to do that with me, but there's times and places for that. Cause you know, you don't want to be walking in the grocery store and someone's having like a nervous breakdown. I was in the nail salon, for example, and you know, this woman was just not okay. And I hold space for her, but I have to go leave, you know, and move on with my day. And it's just really tricky to be able to put boundaries in what people need to be heard and people need to be seen and and they need to express. But it's like, I haven't quite worked out how to hone in the reflector elements when all my gates are open. Like I think literally all my gates are open. I mean, as you said that too, I was like, oh, I definitely on, I think I said the exact same thing when I was on your podcast. I was like, I didn't think I was going to share this part of the story. And I've never shared this part of the story, even though I've talked about this on many podcasts. So, mm-hmm. but I feel like you create such a, you just create such a safe space for people. Like even when you asked me if you, if I thought my husband would be open, I was like, hell no, like no way. And then as soon as I asked him, like he had listened to some of your episodes and he was like, he was like actually an immediate yes. And I was so taken aback and I was like, oh, okay. But I feel Mm -hmm. like, I mean, do you find people like, I mean, how do you even like find the guests to come on your show? Like, do you find people are nervous to come on and tell their story? Are people like, no, to be heard? No, they're so hungry to be heard. They're so desperate it's like bubbled up for 30 years, you know, and it's on the tip of their tongue and and they have to get it out. I, I think there's definitely nerves and anxiety before we record because they're going into some of the hugest traumas of their life with a stranger online most of the time. It's fucking crazy. But I think because we have a backlog of three years worth of content for people to listen to and go through and figure out who I am. And if I can handle them, they come in with a lot of comfort, like this girl's got this. And this is the craziest thing. You know, I'm, I just turned 39 and I've got to speak to 60 and 70 year olds and and hold space for them when I'm so much their junior. And I feel really honored that they feel safe enough to let that out for the first time in their lives. You know, we had this, Oh, this fucking horrific, horrific. It it stayed with me. This one fucked me up. But um story, she was maybe mid-60s and she was raped from three by a family friend, and she was constantly in this person's care up until she was 11. But then she was passed around this home, kind of being trafficked in this home. And the impacts on her and how she was turning up in the world and how she just, I mean, so clearly and distinctly said she has a physical wall up where she can't 
touch her own child who is in her 30s that had all of this we we I spoke to the child first and then I spoke to the mother so the child being 37 or something and the mother that was 60 something and just so profound that you know she'd never shared this and then she trusted me enough like what a privilege that mm-hmm. I get to be the person that she explores that with like that I will like that what a gift and I think when you say you know the hate and and the challenges and all the things that come with the deep is like those moments over on every other thing like I still haven't it's like three years and I think I'm getting paid for the first time next month it's like don't go into podcasting if you want to be rich you know (laughs) oh my gosh but I feel I mean this is it I can feel it in everything that you like do in the episodes that I listen to. It's like, it's, it's just part of who you are. And so I see Mm -hmm. how the three years has all been worth it for you, even with, Mm -hmm. you know, with the hate, with the, you know, the feelings of, yeah, can I even go to the grocery store? Like it just is such a a gift that I feel like you bring into this world. And I feel like it is the only thing that I can do well, you know, it's, the it is the thing and there's some interest in it being developed into a tv show and there's been lots of our episodes that have been used in documentaries and streaming services and it's got power behind it but it's all it's not about me and I think that's the best part I felt so safe in this work because I am. It, this isn't about me. It's purely about sharing people's stories, facilitating them to feel safe enough to to share stories, and so to do anything outside of that feels like too much work. And I don't want it to feel like work. I want mm-hmm. it to feel natural. And you know, the only thing about this business that's tricky is like management and admin. I fucking hate that shit you know? And so the people part is difficult. <laughs> like internally, my team, like finding the right people. I've got half of them sorted, but the other half isn't because really what I want to do is come and have a conversation with you. I don't want to do logistical things. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I know, like, this is what I say all the time. Like, but I can just show up and like have all the people and I just get to show up and be in mentorship of them. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to have conversations like this on with you. I want to have conversations on my podcast. I want to be in my mentorship spaces. So I 1000% get that. I have mm-hmm. one more question as you were talking there and sharing, you know, this experience with this, this woman Cape that came on and her daughter, I guess my perspective when I was asking you questions earlier about storytelling was really like, okay, what other people get and receive when they listen to someone's story, but what about the person that comes on and shares Mm. their story? Mm. Like, what does that in turn do for them during, after? I have shivers all over my body because that woman in particular, I was worried about her. You know, she'd carried this for. 60 years, 60 plus years. And she said she felt freedom and she felt a lightness and she felt honored and she felt heard. And her daughter was on the recording with us just to support her. And 
it's shifted their relationship and it's changed everything. And I think what a gift. And, you know, I do have people that take advantage of the situation and just want the session, like the therapy session, and then, you know, say it's too much. I don't, I, we can't release it. And I was like, I respect that. And I honor that, but I'm not your therapist. You know, like it's very clear up front that this is an exchange for a podcast. This isn't free therapy. And so that is real. We can sniff that out a mile away now. And that doesn't happen so much anymore. But that's really frustrating as well when people just use your platform, I guess, for personal gain selfishly, because we really empower all of our guests to if they've said something in the podcast, they can take it out. Like they have free um, reign over what the final outcome is. Like it's in their hands. Like, I want if, I, like if I was like, can we not tell people about the car chase? Like that could have been gone. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. But it well, was that- one of the best bits. <laughs> no. Um uh, but yeah, absolutely. That can be taken out. You know, some people say after, oh my God, I just can't have my name in there now. I need to change my voice. We will always support them. If yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild, it's a wild thing to be a part of. It's something I'm so incredibly proud of. It's something I've wanted to throw in the bin a million times as well, though. And that's also okay. I think when you have your own business and you're also not being financially paid it's tricky to be paying everybody in your team paying all the bills paying the nanny to be here so I can have the conversations yeah I I guess it feels like an exchange thing I I haven't felt like much I haven't felt appreciated because financially it's so outgoing, but I haven't. And I think that's important to voice too. I think you can do things for love for sure, but if they take as much as they're taking out of you, there needs to be some kind of financial gain. If people like it's still fucking crazy to me that podcasts are free, like majority of them. We turn on TV, we have streaming services for all of our movies and our TV shows. We've got cable TV, we've got entertainment, like music, artists, we pay them. Mm -hmm. And then for podcasting, it's just, oh, expected that we all turn up and do this for free. And that's crazy to me. So we do have a subscription model now, which really has allowed me to keep going. And yeah. we did we did a listener survey, which was so incredible. I recommend it. And they said a lot of them said there were three things why they pay for the subscription, right? Obviously, the extra content that is deeper and juicier and wilder. Number one. Um, the second one was because they get all the episodes early, but the third one was to support me, mm. to keep me doing this. That that like the fact that they felt that they would give me less than $5 a month to support. Wow. Like that to me was mind blowing. I absolutely love that. And now I'm like, okay, let's go run and subscribe to <laughs> deeper because I actually wanted to ask you that. I was like, okay, what's the the difference? Like what is the difference in the deep and the deeper? And I mean, like you mm. said, like the, the deeper, the juicier stories. Do you find that 
Um, you would have been on the deeper if it existed back then. You know what I mean? And I think saying to my audience after two years of giving free content, we can't sustain this the way the model is. If you love us and you want to keep going, we have an offering for you that's less than $1.25 a week. It, it For me, it had to be affordable. It had mm-hmm. to be affordable. We're in a fucking recession again, like the interest rates here are off their tits. And it takes a lot for people to say, stay subscribed. I need to over over deliver, over deliver to you for you to feel like you're getting your dollar twenty-five a week worth. And that's crazy, right? Because a dollar twenty-five, you lose that in the back of the car. But there's a lot of streaming services out there. There are a lot of podcasts with subscriptions. Why me? And I think our community, our commitment, but the quality of the interviews overall, but especially the deeper, they're, 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 they're fucking wild. And a lot of them aren't safe, I guess, to be free as well. There was an episode on this fucking psychotic sex addicts partner. We did run an edited version of that for free, but the unedited, which was so explicit, so shocking, so disturbing. People want that. People want it because we are, we're curious beings. You know, it's like driving past a car crash and you don't want to look, but you do. It's that thing. We're human. On the subscription, I have one of my favorite sex workers that's on our show often teaching how to give the best blowjob. And in the customer, in the listener survey, she said, I now give the world's best blowjobs. You know, they gave feedback and I was like, fuck yes, I want you to give the world's best blowjobs and have the world's best orgasms and have your pussy being fucking you're a goddess and being bowed down to. And like, I want to shift the way, like I've just been really exploring periods and bleeds and free, free bleeding. And I just want to constantly push the audience to new ways of being that's truly honoring themselves. And that's all on the deeper, you know, because I need to give, I need to give everything to the deeper. If people are paying for it, they need everything. And the deep is still fucking great. It is, it's fucking great. It's what everyone expects it to be. Oh my gosh. I love this. And I mean, I think most of my listeners know, like I'm not a big social media person in terms of like, I use it for my business. I'm not a scroller. I'm not a podcast listener. I'm like, I I read, I'm a, I'm a reader. I read books and and anytime. Oh my gosh. What am I reading? I'm like, I've got like five books probably on the go right now. This is like a new one here right now, all the rivers and you choose love. Um, there's a Mary Magdalene book I'm reading right now, but what I was going to say is anytime I listen to podcasts, like if I'm, you know, sometimes I'm in the car driving roofs off the Jeep and then just like music blasting. And if I'm listening, it's like, okay, what episode of the deep do I want to listen to? But now (laughs) it's going to be what episode of the deeper do I want to listen to? Because I absolutely love it's premium that. if you want to if you're like time poor and you're like where do I go what do I where do I even start go to the deeper and it's all premium and it's fucking I'm proud I'm proud of all of the work and I'm really proud of the deeper we are globally one of the leaders in the in the field of subscribing where we were such an early adopter and our launch 
was so successful that Apple has used us as a case study in the US and UK. But that doesn't mean that it's not a slog. It's a fucking slog. I've been doing it a year and I'm getting paid for the first time next month. That's how, and, and I've cut half my team out. So that tells you how tricky it is, but it's worth it. Well, congratulations. Congratulations on getting paid for the first time. I I mean, I'm so happy that we had this conversation. I'm so happy that I got to, you know, share you and your magic with my listeners yes. and my audience as well. And one thing that I just really want to like come back to as we wrap up, because like I said, I was really looking, you know, this, this thread, the storytelling pieces, what I really wanted us to come on here and chat about. And like I said, I'd never really thought so much about the person sharing. And as soon as you said it, that they feel free, like this is really what I want people to take away in this moment. It's like every time you share your story, it's not just for them. Like it's not for the person listening. Like you feel like your energy shifts. You feel this sense of freedom. I feel like you, you literally are just like opening up new new channels, new gateways, new portals, because your energy is like continually then like being clear and being up-leveled. Mm-hmm. I feel exactly the same. And I think that that is podcasting. You can't fake, like it is so authentic and real and you can hear when people are putting it on. And I think what we lack in today's world is connection, is mm-hmm. truth, is slowness, is being deliberate and that's a phase I have stepped into that I'm I'm really like reveling in and I can't wait to share all of that. But podcasting does that. It allows you to feel again when we're so detached constantly with devices and the, how fast life is, you know, it's such a beautiful medium. 1000%. I've always share, have always felt, I always like say this, it's like, if I was going to do one thing online, it would be continuing to have my podcast. Cause when I hit, you know, record, it's just like, it's whatever is true for me, whatever's alive for me in that moment, but there's no performance. There's no, Mm-mm. you know, looking at the camera and needing to feel a certain way. It's just like pure truth is able to come out. Can I ask you, why is it daylight if it's nine 30? <laughs> because <laughs> I'm in Canada right now. I'm in Canada right now. And it like doesn't get dark till 1030. So it's really fun for my kids to bed. <laughs> yeah. 1030 p.m. Yeah. Like right That's now, so- it's like the, I mean, right now is the lightest days of the summer. But yeah, and it's such a shift for us because usually, I mean, eight months of the year we're in Costa Rica and it's like 6 p.m. black every single night. And here my kids are like, they're probably outside playing soccer right now at 930 it's at night. Like so it's wild. crazy. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> what time does it get light in the morning? Before I'm awake. Oh. Before I'm up, like I'm going to say like 4.30-ish, 5. Wow. That's yeah. a trip. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, looking. I was like, it looks like it's like 4 p.m. there, not 9.30 at night. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. It's crazy. Oh my gosh, this has been so incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We will drop all the links and all the things um, yeah. to get to connect on the deep and the deeper in the show notes. And then what's the deep on Instagram? Instagram. And if you want to talk to me, because I don't really look at what's the deep, but the girls do, it's at Zoe B. Marshall, but you can um 
put it all in the links in the notes. And I just think that our audiences are going to be so the same. So I'm really excited to for them to get to meet me and me to get to know them. I feel like they're my people. Yeah, 1000%. That and like even like when you sh- you know sharing about the deeper, I'm like, oh yeah, like all the women in my network, like, let's go, like, let's go deeper (laughs) together. Let's do it. Gorgeous. Thank you for being here with us, with me today. These conversations, these riffs, these transmissions are seriously life giving. They nurture my human. They nurture my soul. These are the type of conversations I want more of. And I know you do too. I'm so happy that you're here. It's truly an honor for me to bring my voice to this space. I love you. I will see you back here next week. In the meantime, please come join me on Instagram, Jacqueline underscore Shaw underscore. And if you have women in your world that you feel would love this podcast too, I would be so honored, so deeply honored if you share it with them. I love you. I see you. I'm standing in sacred witness of all that you are. Thank you for going deep with me.